0: Hello friends. It is Sunday morning, November 6th, and it's pretty early. I thought that next weekend was daylight savings. That's how busy I've been. So I woke up this morning and all of my digital devices were an hour behind, but we will make do. There are potentially going to be some sounds picked up as I record this, and I'm going to leave them in there. Uh, There are helicopters flying overhead because this morning is the New York City Marathon. And that goes right past my apartment in Brooklyn where I'm recording this. So if you hear that stuff, that's what I'm hearing too. I've received a lot of feedback so far, which is awesome. Uh, I have some friends who've given me suggestions and some strangers too. So thank you to those people. I want to talk about... So I am not necessarily a public speaker. This is the first time that I've ever done something like this. So there are a lot of pauses and I still use a lot of ums, but I'm not going to edit those out. I want the podcast to sound uh, to sound good, obviously, and so there is some post-production that is taken into account and that my buddy Brian helps me out with so that it the podcast sounds good when you're listening to it. I know if if you're at the gym or you're in a car and there's a lot of noise, you don't want my vocals to be you know tuned out or too low but in terms of the actual editing of the content i like podcasts where it feels like i am a fly on the wall for somebody else's conversation i listen to podcasts where the the ums are in there where sometimes people take a bathroom break and there's one person just kind of riffing while the other person goes and takes a break and i enjoy those so I know this isn't going to sound so polished in that sense, but I'm going to keep it that way for now. Um, I grew up going to a lot of punk shows in my teen years and in my early 20s on Long Island and in the city. And to me, podcasting in a sense feels like the punk rock of broadcasting, um, where what you might lack in technical proficiency you make up for in authenticity and heart and passion. Uh, I know that might sound like a cop out, like, well, you're just saying that because you don't know all the ins and outs yet. That's true, but I know enough about editing at this point where I can edit the podcast and, you know, take out swear words and get rid of the pauses and the ums and any like lull in conversation. But I'm going to keep those in there for now. Continue to let me know if if it sounds good to you, um, but that's definitely something that I don't think that I'm going to change. I should say in the Chiang Mai episode, I said tattoo gun, and I've been told that that makes me sound like a, like a tool, so I'm sorry, uh, tattoo machine. Um, I'm sure that I'm going to continue to make mistakes about things that I have just a little bit a little bit of knowledge about, but uh, thank you to Dan for that one. This intro is coming after I was on Long Island last night, where I recorded my first conversation, and I'm really excited to get that out to you. That was with my buddy Derek. Derek is one of my closest friends, and uh, I don't want to embarrass him too much in this intro, but... Uh, He's a beautiful person, and I think you will enjoy the conversation. Um, Derek and I used to have these types of conversations uh, at campfires in his backyard in like our early 20s. So we start talking about travel, and then we kind of go down the rabbit hole into all sorts of stuff. And that's what I want to do. I think that at some point... If I only talk about travel, I'm going to kind of exhaust the options that I have. And I just want to talk to interesting people in general. Uh, I will continue to always put out solo podcasts where I'm talking about my stories and my travels and things like that. But I want to have kind of a bunch of series happening concurrently where uh, I'm talking about New York City over a number of podcasts. I'm talking about my travels. I'm talking to other people about travel. But then again, I'm also including podcasts where I'm just talking to people that I think are interesting that I think you might enjoy as well. And the great thing about being a consumer of something that's free and this podcast is free, you can pick and choose what you want to listen to. And that's a beautiful thing. And again, that takes us back to like the whole, my idea that, you know, podcasts are, are a pretty punk thing that that's happening right now. It's still a new technology. They're aren't really any restrictions on it. Now, obviously, if you're putting out a podcast through CNN or NPR or something like that, yeah, you're going to have restrictions, but it's just me and some equipment and and an apartment. So I hope you enjoy the conversation that I have with Derek. Be sure to check me out on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff that I constantly mention, so I won't mention it again, but um, enjoy. In Babylon with my buddy Derek. Hey. Hi, Derek. <laughs> I think I might have referenced Derek before, but if not, I referenced him in. That's an airplane. If not, I referenced him in an article that's on my website, and we're going to talk about that story today. But Derek and I go back to the seventh grade. Seventh grade. When we met in art class, and I mean. <laughs> You had a blue old navy per- <laughs> old navy performance fleece the day that I met you, and it matched the color of your eyes, and that's how I knew that we would be friends forever. <laughs>
1: I've got no response to that. It's true. I think I wore that every day
0: in seventh grade. I think I had one too. Remember how cool those were? Well, all right. So they weren't cool, but they were like hot for a second. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that was, how old are you in the seventh grade? I guess that was like 17, 18 years ago at this point. Uh,
1: It's got to be, yeah.
0: And now we are life mates, in a way. Just pause for the dramatic effect. (laughs) (laughs) So what I want to start out today, Derek, is talking about that story that is featured in my article, and then I want to ask you a couple of questions about some travel things you've done yourself. Derek is going to become a regular, so um, get used to hearing him. But today we are going to start with... How long ago did we go? To How long ago did we go upstate?
1: Oh, God, that was... Uh, so we went up to visit Dan right, in Rochester, and we got lost on the way back. So this has to be... So when I first started at my career job, which was six oh, so, years yeah, ago. Yeah, so
0: that's when I did too. Yeah. So, all right. So it was six years ago. Yep. Uh, Dan, who is Dan Donaruma, and is featured in some of the show notes. So he took, the, he took my, I don't know, like my cover photo, I guess, for iTunes. Um, and he will be on an episode of the podcast in a couple weeks. But Derek and I and Dan went we did about a week of camping upstate and we went to cayuga Cuy- yeah. lake. lake
1: uh was it buttermilk Butter- falls? buttermilk
0: falls in ithaca Yep. uh we started <laughs> the deer patty we started in rochester um where dan lives we went somewhere else we went to Cuyuga. oh we went to
1: uh saratoga Saratoga on the way up, we stopped.
0: No, that was Montreal, my friend. Oh, that was Montreal, friend. yes, that's right. Oh, boy. We, right.
1: We, I'm confusing. We uh... <laughs> should maybe mention some of Montreal <laughs> later.
0: Where do we, we went to Cayuga Lake. We went to... Butter, okay. So we went to Cayuga Lake. We went to Buttermilk Falls. And that's when we were coming home. Right. Okay. So it's six years ago. We go up and we meet Dan, who lives in Rochester, like I said. And on our way back... Derek and I are planning to drive back to New York City and we're using, I don't, I don't know why, like we had GPS, but we thought it would be really cool. <laughs> we thought it would be really cool to use a paper map. Like we were, I don't even know who we thought we were. Yeah. Well, well,
1: I messed up because I was, I was the navigator, right? I was a co-pilot here and somehow we missed the turn miles after we realized that we missed the turn and we ended up in Pennsylvania.
0: You, you know what it was? I th- we were listening to Tech Super. We, <laughs> we were listening to Norm MacDonald's uh, comedy. I think that's what it was. And we got lost in it. Because, <laughs> and we missed, that, we missed that turn. So, yeah, where we should have been in New York, we ended up in Pennsylvania. Yep. And it was getting later in the day and dusk was approaching. So we were like, okay, we're just going to stop at the first campsite that we see because we already have camping gear and this was around labor day i think
1: yeah it was the day the day after the normal labor day weekend ended okay and so we go into this park and we stop inside and there's this you know there's this woman where we're asking you know can we stay here kind of thing and we go inside and we see all these signs that say you know beware of bears right and we go in and she was like yeah they they normally don't come into the campsite so it was like all right all right cool so we go down and and uh, we ended up camping there and we we set up. Um, and, and it was
0: the, sorry to interrupt you, but it was the last day of camping season. They said it right? was, like, yeah. So there was there was no, <laughs> yeah, there was no one there. There was one much older couple, like a few sites down, and that was it.
1: Right. Well, so that's the thing, right? So everybody fled. Everybody was out by this time, and it was just you and me, um, and maybe one other couple. And you know, we start baking beans for dinner over a campfire. I uh, have to
0: interrupt you again because let's pause yeah. on that. <laughs> Because we did not bake beans. This is the real... (laughs) This is how it really went out. We had limited supplies left from our week of camping. I decided to go with the safer route of a box of pasta. Derek decided that he would take a Costco-sized can of Bush's Baked Beans, which is like five regular cans of Bush's Baked Beans, and set it on the fire and cook that thing up. Now, maybe you can describe it better... But a Costco size of Bush's baked beans ravages your intestinal tract, and your microbiome goes running and screaming from your body.
1: Okay, so fair point.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the fact being, so we were actually in Promise Land State Park, right? Beautiful state park in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, we, we I think we went may not have gone fishing, but yeah, I fished no, yeah, there before. We, you went we fishing, did go fishing yeah. there. Yeah, okay. Um, but but beautiful state park, uh, in the Poconos in Pennsylvania, and so you know, we are then camping. We set up our tent. We're, we're cooking dinner. All is well. Tim did not warn me at this point, you know, about the beans I was making. So,
0: hey man, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we camp. So we we eat our delicious dinner. There's nobody else inside this park, and so, um, as you can see with my foreshadowing before. Uh, we were camping when something, uh, rolled upon our tent and I'll let Tim continue from there.
0: Right. So we didn't have a bear bag. We didn't really have anything. So I think that I remember like dumping the pasta water in the fire, which probably didn't help. And we put the rest of our food and supplies and things like that in your trunk. But I was, I was thinking about the fact that there could be bears And you were, you, the whole night you were cool as a cucumber. Like you did not care. And I remember we fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) We fell asleep relatively quickly and I woke up in the middle of the night and at at first it was just like waking up and then I heard like a, all right,
1: before we continue the story, can I roll back a second to when we were at Buttermilk Falls and we did, (laughs) We, we left our, we were all drunk. Okay. This, we had a decent amount to drink. Maybe we weren't all drunk, but we had a decent amount to drink. And we cooked up a a beautiful dinner again over the campfire. Um, our friend Dan, who Tim mentioned before was, was sleeping in a separate tent. Uh, and Basically, what happened was at... So I won't talk about the obnoxious people that we met because there were a few of them. The Canadians. The Canadians. Beautiful
0: country. They did not represent Canada well.
1: (laughs) So these these are our tent neighbors, and they come like full-fledged with their tent, right? They had like... Lights inside. They had like this whole thing going on. The strobe lights. They, they, they,
0: we were, they had a club going on.
1: The, the essence of the story is that we were we were too close to where their dog roamed, so we had to move our, our campsite. Which we which According we said okay, and, and and we did. But uh, you know, after the dinner and, and a few beers, we we ended up um, putting everything into this this bag that apparently we had forgotten to throw into the trash
0: can. Basically a bag full of garbage. <laughs> that, that's what it was.
1: <laughs> and so we're sleeping and it it was, you know, maybe 2 a.m. in the morning and, and uh, we're, we're in there and all of a sudden you hear this clank, clank of, of bottles. <laughs> Tim, Tim turns around. Tim turns around to me and says, dude, I think someone's going through our garbage. And I said, dude, it's an animal. Right. Um, so we opened our, all of a sudden, like you hear this sound like Tim just replicated and outside of our tent, I see this, uh, shadow, you know, against our tent of this some small creature that is there. Um, so we opened the tent to take a look and all of a sudden this thing run, runs towards our friend Dan's tent, who was at at that time, just peeking his head out (laughs) to see (laughs) what, what all the commotion was about. Um, Luckily it did not spray Dan because it definitely was a skunk. Uh but you see these lights popping on around the campsite, right? There were like what do we wake up like five other campers at least with this.
0: Yeah, who Mike was our other neighbor. Mike, yeah. And um I was I was I was kinda willing to let Dan get sprayed. <laughs> I uh sorry Dan, we love you, but um it disappeared after that. We saw it we saw it run we saw it run over to Dan's tent, because I think we opened up the fly, and we looked out, and, and then it was gone.
1: It was gone. It disappeared.
0: But I think it was important that you brought that up to say that, one, we are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and two, if you leave food out in skunk country, that's one thing. But if you leave food out in bear country, it's another thing entirely. It is another thing. So let's travel back through the wormhole, and we are in our tent, and I hear that growl. And it, at first, it's just like, did I hear that? It, it can't be it. Can't. And then again, and you hear, you hear like footsteps. So at this point, like I threw an elbow into your side because you're sleeping through it. And you're like, what's up? And I'm like, Derek, there's a bear out there. And you're like, no, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> literally roll over like, no problem. And I am laying there, terrified. <laughs> like, do I? I'm, I'm thinking, like, do I hit the alarm on, on the car to set the car alarm off to, sh- to, to to scare it off? Like, is there like, are our friends gonna read about this tomorrow that we were <laughs> disemboweled by black bears in Pennsylvania and I screamed the whole time and you slept through it while I got eaten?
1: I did, but at, but at some point we woke up. Right. Well, I woke up. You were up, but I woke up and (laughs) I stayed up, (laughs) and I had to use the restroom pretty bad. Right, and so you were you were in the tent, and you were like, "Dude, I think there's there's a bear out there," and I was like, "Yeah, but I really have to use the the restroom."
0: (laughs) You know, now that I think I remember being really brave, I think that I comforted you. Oh, you remember that? I think that I I fought it off. (laughs) No, I was terrified. He
1: was terrified, and so it was
0: literally a situation where you're like, you're pulling the zipper on the on the, like the tent fly down real slow, yeah. and pe- <laughs> and peeking out like there's a little sunlight coming in, and I remember like sprinting to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> the is, as you, as you reimagine, I can see us like both poking our head out, yeah. at the same time, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like, like checking both ways. <laughs> Before you cross the street.
0: I mean, the only thing that really mattered at that point was can I outrun you? I don't know if you could at that point. Now you can. I can. Back, but if I could, then, I don't know if you could. <laughs> I mean, it's only going to get the one that's that's trailing behind. It's but. true. It's
1: true. But luckily, we weren't caught by bears, right? And we we survived to tell a story and became it's it's a good story.
0: It's a great story. I told it at your wedding. You did um and also check out my article because i have that i have a run-in with a tiger and a run-in with a mountain lion
1: yes you do
0: i said lions and tigers and bears oh my and then i felt really stupid for putting that in there (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like maybe i'll go back and edit that but um
1: so what about the time you almost got run over by a deer
0: that's in there too
1: oh that's in there too
0: yeah well so we ran the deer over
1: no, no, no. I'm talking about the time we were oh hiking. Oh, my God. I didn't think of that. And the the deer was literally like two feet in front of you.
0: The Sunken Meadow? Yeah. No, I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> so, it's clear to me that I'm going to be killed by, like... <laughs> I'm going to be killed by something non-human. I don't know. But that sort of... I think that characterizes our friendship, Derek.
1: Yeah. Well, let's, let's step back again for a second, because... <laughs> You blame this on my bean eating. It had to
0: be. Well, we Why? wait, 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 wait. We left out that you threw flatulence, like we're drawing the bear close to okay, the tent.
1: That is true. It's very. But true. I will say it was also Labor Day weekend, and everybody at the camp, which was full the day before, had gone home.
0: All right? And they told so us so. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe my flatulence did attract the bears to our tent but i think they were in the vicinity already.
0: <laughs> it's I, yeah. not all my fault. The uh the park ranger did tell us that like people who had been in campers had been feeding the bear, feeding the bears from the safety of their campers. Uh which is hey, people, don't do that because then the bears come to eat people who are farting out bushes <laughs> bushes make beans. <laughs> um but we 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 lived to tell another tale, Derek.
1: We did. We did.
0: We survived. We did survive. As we do. That's what we do. Is there anything? So you mentioned Saratoga Springs. So we did another trip with Dan, where we went to Montreal, and like again, like wholly unprepared. I remember, I remember crossing the border, and all of a sudden, all the signs are in French, and we were like, "Oh, hey!" <laughs> like,
1: yeah, if we didn't know how fast to go.
0: Uh, yeah, uh... <laughs> totally. Like, oh yeah. They speak French but not realizing like, oh, it's a pretty French culture. Oh wait a second. Uh, so Dan will be here in a couple of weeks, but we should mention that when we were <laughs> when we were in Montreal, there were and I know we're jumping around, but sorry, this is what we're gonna do. Um when we were in Montreal there were uh student austerity riots. And mm, yeah. we had no idea. Like we had we had gone we had gotten like poutine. Yeah, at that we point. got poutine, yeah. And Dan, like we said, is a photographer, but um, we hear all this commotion. And so (laughs) I remember Derek and I kind of grabbed each other and we were like, we got out of the street because you could see like a mass coming for us, coming towards us. And it was a black block. Like it was everybody dressed in black and it was a protest. And so we got off the street. Dan grabs his camera and is walking. He's the only person walking straight towards it. Yep like that iconic well, figure of that of the person walking towards the tank before it <laughs> like,
1: Tiananmen Square reference. Yes, there, yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and all of the, like you hear pop 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 and and the cops all of a sudden from the other direction there's cops in riot gear yep. and they're shooting off rubber bullets. Yep. And somehow Dan survived.
1: He did. Yeah, and he walked right into it. He, he who right was into it. He was the sole person walking. It's like somebody walking into the ocean almost, right? He was just walking down the street. Everybody was getting clear out of the way, and Dan walks right into the middle of the street. Um, luckily for him, a few minutes, I think, after we called him over, and Dan, we were like, Dan, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> 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 he got over to the side of the street. But, um, yeah, that no, that was wild. Um, they ended up arresting 600-plus people that night and busing them out and, buses <laughs> yeah but i, I it mean it wild
0: moral of that story was before you g- travel like understand the political climate of the place you're traveling to because yeah. we, we had no idea what was going on and then we watched it and it was pretty cool to watch it was
1: cool to watch yeah yeah well I, I remember too we tried to we asked a bunch of people that were standing around like what's going on like like what is this and it's interesting because most of them spoke french the people did, that yeah. we found you know we asked Spoke French and it was actually hard to understand. The, you know, I think the one-word answer we got was austerity, right? From them,
0: and then after we googled what austerity means, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, so Saratoga Springs, I love that that town. I love Saratoga.
0: Yeah, it's it's a nice. When, when we were there, the, the weather was kind of it junky, was bad, but yeah. um yeah it's a little sleepy but a little hippie if that makes sense uh it's a really chill place to go that has good food and has really good food yeah yeah i'd like to we should go back yeah that would be cool dan we're coming to see you buddy (laughs) I i hope you're listening um what else about what can we say about montreal montreal is great I think Canada is great in, in general. I
1: loved it. It was the first time I went to Canada. Yeah. And I love Montreal. I thought it was a really cool town. Um, we we did kind of the touristy stuff, right? Like we went to like the historic district. We walked down, yeah. you know, but, but it was, you know, it was still fun. Um, we went to Chinatown. I do remember we were like, do you remember the night where we were just like walking around and we walked for miles? Oh my God. It was yeah. like. We had to we had to put in like thirteen miles that night. And I think everything it was like either like a sun maybe it was a Sunday night and everything had closed and we were like looking for something to do.
0: Our first night was rough, yeah. Yeah. Because we went to like the I think it was like the very tourist touristy area and it was all like sports bars and things like that and it didn't really interest us. Mm-hmm. And then I think we went we went to Barfly.
1: Barfly and I, <laughs> I almost
0: got locked in the bathroom there. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get out. <laughs> At Barfly we met that guy who okay, we met that guy and we were like, hey so we oh, again who, like the guy who invited us to the house party? Yeah. Yeah. Like we we didn't really know what we were doing in, in Montreal. It eventually became amazing, but the first night we were like we asked the guy who worked in the bar like what what should we do tonight? And he was like, Well hey. <laughs> I, I got a house party going on, it's gonna be pretty cool. Well how am I doing a song? <laughs> <laughs> He said, <laughs> he said i'm a boot I'm a boot to have a house party, and we were like, "Wait, so like in the city of Montreal, the thing we should do is go to your house party um no thanks. <laughs> I don't remember what we ended up doing that night, but yeah well, I mean, no
1: that that was the night of the of the street ride when we were on bar flight because we walked to that bar after oh we got yeah Putin. you're right, you're right, yeah, and the and there we had the cab driver driver with the um the Rooney <laughs> the Rooney's and, and the Tonys, yeah,
0: yeah." Um, Let's talk about, um, something, something, so, all right, I, I wanted to ask you when, so Derek is married to a beautiful, smart, awesome lady named Christine, and she's a teacher. And prior to you guys being married, you guys did five weeks? Country? Yeah,
1: five and a half weeks.
0: Yep. Five and a half weeks, basically, essentially in a tent the whole time, right?
1: Oh, yeah. There were two nights that we didn't spend in a tent. So um, we did a cross country road trip uh, one summer and like I mentioned, five and a half weeks and the entire time we camped except for two nights. One night was in uh, Santa Fe uh, when there was a storm rolling in. So we decided to find some shelter for that. And the other night was basically at one point we were like midway on the road and the weather wasn't good and we just stopped in a hotel, which was a very shady hotel, but we stopped in a hotel that night too.
0: Um, tell me about, tell me about the story about that band. Was it in Tennessee?
1: Nashville. The, was it
0: Nashville?
1: The band with the, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we started out from New York and we, we went down to DC, which was great. Um, we had friends there, so we stayed at our, our friend's place. Um, we both been had been to DC before. We did a bit of this tourist stuff t- still, but we went to um uh you know, we went to the museums and, and things like that. And then we went to Bethesda, which was nice, great food in Bethesda. Um then we went to Nashville. So this is th- this is the story here. So we end up on Nashville and and Nashville, if you've been to it before or haven't been to it before, it's basically like it's a strip, right? It's an urban area, but like the place to be is this is this one strip which has all the bars um and so we we bar jump a bit we, we bar hop we go from one to another um until we end up in this place where there is nobody there's nobody in this bar except for me and christine
0: so like what night of the week
1: oh god um because there's music every either night thursday or fr- yeah every night there's okay, sure. there, there's music um so but we stop in this place. There's nobody in there. We were like, okay, we were in this bunch of busy places. The music was great. Music is great in every bar there. So we, we jump into this one place uh, where, where nobody is. And we look at this band, which has a very skinny guy in a cowboy hat as the lead, which is fine. The drummer was pushing 300 pounds. The bassist was pregnant, um, like eight months pregnant. I would guess. <laughs> and so we are we're sitting there in this bar and we're listening to them play and oh my god they were like they were out of this world. They were amazing. Um and there was nobody else. They, it was basically like a private concert. It was us and And they were going all something. out like it was 100%. going all out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. And it was awesome. It was it was probably the best experience that we had in Nashville.
0: That's beautiful. Um So I want to ask you if anyone's listening, hi mom, hi dad. Um, and they're thinking, you know, I'm I want to travel, I want to go around the US, but I don't know how to do it. What are what are the first steps that you took or if someone is traveling solo that wants to do this, yeah, great question. what can they do to to make this happen because I've brought this up before and it's something that's going to uh, come up time and time again that like I used to be like the like if you've seen like Walter Mitty, the secret life of Walter Mitty, like this daydreamer type mm-hmm. where I would live vicariously through other people and the past uh, two and a half to three years of my life have been like now I'm, I'm, I'm living this my dream essentially in terms of traveling and things like that so what can somebody do who's maybe timid about making that first step or like how did you plan for five yeah, so, weeks?
1: So that was me Right. If if you go back, that was me. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Um. I knew. I, you know. Honestly, to, to give you my backstory, I I was outside of the U.S. one time. Um, oh,
0: shit. There it is. Yeah. There you go.
1: Nice. Okay. So so to give you my backstory, I was I've only been out of the U.S. one time, and that was on a cruise ship. Before I was twenty, beautiful Carnival years old. Cruise. <laughs> it was a Carnival Cruise, <laughs> no, it really. It was. Um, down Did you say like, two years old? No, I was like twenty-one years old. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. No, no. So that was the only time I was outside the country. Is like going to like Puerto Rico and you know Saint Thomas and all those places. Um, and for the most part, outside of my family traveling to like Disney. Um, you know, I haven't seen much around the U S and, and it, you know, growing up, it was always, a always a dream of mine to go see the country and see what's out there. And I've always been an avid, you know, hiker, you know, I love to go on paths that are on long Island. And, um, but seriously, I haven't seen much of the country. So I was, I was in a place where, you know, when Christine and I decided to do this, my wife, Christine, uh, now my wife, she was then my girlfriend. Um, we we didn't really know much about what we were doing. She went. She did go on a trip before with with some of her girlfriends um, uh, across the country. It was it was quicker than what we did, but so she had some knowledge. Uh, anyway, so what we did is we plotted out the cities that we wanted to see. Um, we plotted out the places we wanted to see. A lot of those were, just, you know, national parks. A lot of those were cities like New Orleans, right? Mm. That's a place you kind of got to see. Um, and so, we we basically plotted out what we wanted to see, and then we figured out the course that we would take, and then we went for it. And honestly, I will tell you, it was a hell of a lot cheaper, especially camping, than we ever thought it would be.
0: Was she teaching at this time?
1: She was, so it was the summer. It you your summer, yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah. So, it was, this was before I started my job, so it was about a little over six years ago, and it was Christine's summer. So, I just finished college, and uh, she was off for the summer, and so we went for like five and a half weeks.
0: So... And I think I'm hearing this but like this and this is kinda what I do too, like like it's partly planned. Like you know what cities you wanna go to and some things you wanna see in those places, and then the rest of it you leave up to like, oh, I'll ask people or find out when we're there.
1: So that's exactly so in the beginning I will tell you that we tried to plan out everything. Right? We were like, Oh, what you know, what shows are gonna be in town when we're in New Orleans, what shows are gonna be in Austin, Texas, you know, when when we're there. Uh, what festivals are going on? So we tried to pl- plot this stuff all out. I'll tell you, we threw that out the window as soon as we started driving. Uh, we we got down to uh, D.C. where we met some friends, and you know, by the time we were in New Orleans, we were not sticking to the plan at all. Mm. Um, and luckily, we were flexible in our schedule too. So we we got to spend an extra day or two here or there, as as uh, far as you know where we we're going or where we wanted to stay. But um. Yeah, so we, we had a set plan and then or somewhat of a plan. I won't say it was like a you know, we didn't have a itinerary, but we right. had like what kind of what we wanted to see in each city. And we, we basically threw that out the window and and the experience, it it's all for the experience. You can't plan that stuff in advance.
0: Right. What um what are they, KOA, what what are the what, the campsites you stayed at that have Wi Fi? Yeah, and-
1: so KOA was was the campsites that we stayed at that had Wi-Fi, but we only stayed in those every once in a while. And I will tell you, it's much better staying in a state park, than For sure. in a KOA. But if you every once in a while, if you need to do laundry, if you need to go to a place that has Wi-Fi,
0: right? If you're blogging, or taking photos, you need to upload stuff. You can, exactly. Okay. Go
1: go to a KOA. And is it they, more expensive? It is. Yeah, it's more expensive. But you know, you're not talking an astronomical amount. I mean, it'll cost you, you know, seven bucks to stay at a campsite. It'll cost you seventeen bucks to stay at a KOA.
0: I got you. And how? Five weeks, like in close quarters. So let's say it's a spouse, let's say it's a friend. How do you? You, I think you and I are both people who like like our alone time. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. Like, how do you? you do, is it just that like that you're in a new city all the time and it's and it's fun and it's adventurous? Like, how do you not get on each other's nerves?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So I think that's I think that's part of it. I think you hit on it a bit, right? Because you're seeing something new every single day, but it's also a it's also a trial, right? Mm. Especially, I mean, so I've only done this trip with Christine. I know you've taken road trips with lots of people, yeah. right? You've done that plenty of times, and so you probably have more insight into this than I do. Um, but I, you know, I, I would say that you know the, the wonderful thing about my wife is that she she's an artist, and so she she paints and she draws. And so we went to these places, and there were times where we just sat there, not not really even talking to each other, and just drawing
0: and you were writing I, I was
1: actually drawing too yeah oh, I was and, and I'll give you some of the some of the stuff that I did and even the writing too I I wrote as well but um oh
0: we should upload some stuff yeah uh, I'll give oh, it to you so you can upload really cool.
1: um I'll give you Christine's stuff which she's a much better artist than I am because I'm not a good artist <laughs> I'll Christine's, give you my stuff as well
0: Christine's an amazing artist <laughs> absolutely
1: um and so it you know it was it was just this kind of uh, I think we just had this kind of beautiful synergy going on where we could actually just go to a city and see all this new stuff. And at the same time, take time to just relax and kind of sit there and think and contemplate and draw and do whatever it is that we wanted to do.
0: Mm. It's weird how, all right, I might go off on a little tangent here. Go for it. It's a weird how, um, like how that sort of, that, that sort of a trip like renews and refreshes you. Like, so we both work really hard. We were like, I worked, I've worked real long hours. You work real long hours. And so we're not averse to hard work, right? Like, I'm not, like, in the in the survival sense, like, you know, people are always going to have to go seek out food and things like that. So the connection I'm making is that that feels more like what we're supposed to do in terms of being out in nature and things like that. And what I say, that, like we're not supposed to sit in a cubicle. And again, it's not because I think, like, oh wow, woe is me? I have to work. D- just surviving is work, right? And it's never been like it's never been easier to survive because you can walk to a grocery store and get food. But I don't know. I always feel when I travel, um, especially out in nature, like I feel renewed in a sense that like I feel human as human is supposed to be. Like, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: No, it. I think it does. And it, and. You know to go back to my trip the the first half of it we spent in urban areas you know it was d c it was Nashville it was Memphis, it was New Orleans, then it was you know austin and by the time we got to the west coast and then back up and over again uh to New York, it was all spent in nature hmm. we we stayed at the national parks, we went to Yosemite, we went to redwoods we went to um Yosemite. Uh, I said to a seminar already, but we went to uh, Yellowstone. That's what I meant to say um so we we stayed at some amazing places um even santa fe was was beautiful uh but it's interesting that you know you meet certain people in certain areas and the different types of people that you meet um i I think it's just really interesting because you go to these you go to these campsites and you get to interact with people that are much they're they're just different from the people that you meet in the cities right Um, the people in the cities were great too like they they directed us to where we should go what we should see Um, but then you had people at the campsites that were like oh we're here for you know we do this every summer we come out and we give Mm -hmm. out campfire wood to everybody that's here. And that was like their job. And this guy's riding around on like one of those foldable bikes. Right. And he's like 70 years old. And like, this is what him and his wife do. They're retired now and they stay at a campsite and they just deliver firewood around and they're staying in like, you know, Yellowstone park.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, what's weird. So, uh, I live in New York city, which is very populous and you can't help but run into people constantly but you don't – if you start talking to a stranger, they're going to think you're some type of a weirdo. <laughs> but when I'm traveling, I don't know if it's like, okay, maybe I'll never see these people again mm. so I can shed my insecurities and not be afraid to talk to people. And if they think I'm strange or weird or whatever, like it doesn't matter. But I don't know. I It's so easy to talk to people when you travel. And when I'm at home, I never do it, ever.
1: Yeah. It, so I was thinking the exact same thing. Like yeah. even prior to our conversation today, I was thinking like I was I was looking back at my my travel and, and what I've done, and the main thing that came to my mind was that it's so easy to make friends mm-hmm. when you're traveling. It's amazing, right? It is. It's just like so easy to do. When you're at home, it's like it's different, and I don't know why it's why it's different, but it is.
0: Right. Like if I'm on the subway and I and there's a girl next to me. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? She's gonna be like, ah, creep. Like, <laughs> but I don't know. when traveling. it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Like, I'm Tim. Like, I'm not from here. Why don't you tell me like a place to go to? Yeah, it gives or-
1: you an introduction, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But I totally agree with you because that's that's one, and that's one of the best things about travel, right? Because like you, you know, Christine and I went to Nashville two years ago, and. You know, we're, we're sitting in a bar, one of the many bars is in Nashville. It, this it was, is this
0: separate from your trip? Or you're, yeah, you're, this is
1: separate from our okay. uh, from our cross-country trip. Uh, so we just did a little trip down to Nashville. Um, And I'm sorry, I'm saying Nashville. I meant Asheville. Asheville, Asheville, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I apologize. Two so years ago, we went to Asheville. And, um, you yeah, know, one of the many uh, bars, and, and they have a lot of breweries there. So we were sitting in one, and we just struck up a conversation with a couple that was next to us. We ended up hanging out with them. All night. They, hmm. they were from there. They showed us what to do. They showed us the places. we ended up playing like trivia night with them at one, <laughs> one of these bars. And then we, we actually, we had them back at our hotel room to drink some scotch. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's like, that's not something I would ever think of doing in my normal life. Right? Like I will never meet a stranger at a, at a bar with Chris, even if it's a couple and invite them back to my house to, to drink more beers. You know, I, I don't, I don't why see don't that we? I don't know. I, I don't know. But that was that was a great experience for me. Right, you know? I still remember that. I still remember the, the good time that we had, and that's not something that I'm like willing to do when um when I'm home.
0: It's weird, man. I mean, uh, D. I listened to I listen to this podcast, uh, which has like a zillion followers. So I mean, people know what it is. It's the Church of What's Happening Now. It is um, Joey Diaz is a comedian. It's his podcast. Lee Sayet is on it with him. He did my consultation for this podcast, so thank you, Lee. Um, But, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's something to the effect of nothing ever good happens when you're sitting on the couch. And, I mean, it's totally true. Like, all of the things that are exciting in my life happen when I just, I just, I just go. Yeah. Like, the first time I went to Asia, I had a lot of reservations. And it's it's scary. I I don't know how I'm going to do. And it's like, just book the ticket and then deal with, deal with the consequences afterwards.
1: Yeah, well, that's intense. That's on a whole other level from what, what I've done. So you're... But maybe.
0: I mean, you spent five weeks on the road in a tent. There's I think there's a lot of people who, again, would dream about doing that, but mm. would be like, I'm not going to be comfortable with not being able to shower, maybe not being comfortable when I sleep, and those types of things. But when you just put yourself out there, like it's, it's weird how you're rewarded with really amazing things when you just take a chance.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. And the the thing is too, like I, you know, I was listening to your podcast before Tim and you were talking about how inexpensive the meals are and things like that, which is amazing, right? Like getting me for a couple bucks, right? That's, that's 50 cents American. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) Okay. That's nuts. But the thing is like, you know, Christine and I went on this, you know, my wife Christine and I went on this road trip for five weeks. And this was a few years ago now, but gas prices then were about the same as they were now, if, if not more. Um, for five and a half weeks camping, it cost us $1,500 each.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? $1,500 each to for to gas up the, for everything. For And that includes gifts for people too, right? Like...
0: Where if you were trying to be more thrifty, you probably even yeah we could we
1: could yeah and we ate out we went to some delicious restaurants you know fifteen hundred bucks for five and a half weeks that's that's like what apartment can you get (laughs) in the New New York York area for fifteen hundred dollars a month you know and and we just we just did this and we traveled and it was it was awesome
0: I think that's a good point too and man we're getting (laughs) I didn't think we were gonna get this deep (laughs) but. I th- I've i thought about that a lot lately where, so, I mean, this, this sounds silly, but growing up in my teen years, I had this, like, punk rock ethic of, like, yeah, I'm not going to become the white-collar, nine-to-five kind of guy. And then I just kind of became it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, oh, am I putting enough money into my retirement and things like that? And now, like, I'm I'm pretty conscious of the fact that, like, if I spend $1,000 traveling now, I'm not going to miss that when I'm 60. But when I'm 60, I'm going to love the fact that I have these stories and experiences to share with people. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I'm referencing another podcast, and I think my, – my brain is full of so much stuff. But I think it, I think it was when Dr. Drew was on The Fighter and the Kid, and they were talking about doing all this clean living and stuff like that and making it to 90 – and Doctor Drew was like, "Your quality of life at ninety is not fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to be aching. You're you're not going to be remembering things well. Like, it might not might not be so hot. So, not not to say like go crazy now and die at, at forty, but you know, it, don't be too wrapped up on making it to one hundred when you can do amazing things up until sixty, seventy, and live a really full life at that point."
1: Yeah. No I think that's a really good point, and I think that you know we we all work and we all work hard, right? Um, and some of us <laughs> <laughs> And you know we 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 work for a reason, right, and whatever that reason may be, you know it's um you know, my big accomplishment was paying off my student loans, right When, when I first got my job, I, I had eighty thousand dollars in student loans, which is nuts. And think about that, though.
0: Like, you are an amazing, beautiful human being, you are life. And like, an accomplishment is paying off debt. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Well, that's, well,
1: and that's what kind of like life's about, right? It's like, how much can you pay off all your debt to get to a point where you can sustain, you know, and How long is that going to take you and what can you do in your life? And I think a lot of people, you know,
0: a lot of people never pay off their debt.
1: Exactly. And so I think I'm in a privileged situation where I could actually pay that off because a lot of people can't. And, but, you know, I will say that I did that road trip for, you know, $1,500 when I was $80,000 in debt. And I do not regret that. Crap, man. I do not regret that at all. You know, that was an amazing experience. Um, Luckily I'm in the situation now where I did pay that off, but you know, for anybody who's younger or thinking about taking a trip like that and right. is like, you know, should I pay off my should I put this fifteen hundred dollars towards my school loans or should I go on this trip? Maybe I'm giving bad advice, but I would go on the trip. <laughs> go on the trip.
0: <laughs> no, but Oh gosh, eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean I don't know, it's interesting too because it's like, it's 2016 and while I see a lot of merit in like higher education, we've got this crazy thing called the internet right now and it sort of makes some of that obsolete, like, I don't know, like obviously you need that piece of paper saying, hey, I achieved this, I have this master's, I have whatever so that you get your job, but the actual knowledge itself can be acquired without going to college.
1: It can, and I think we're you know we're kind of deviating from the subject of travel here but I, I think that um, Oh I love
0: it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go down the rabbit hole. Let's do it.
1: So so I think our I think we're heading in that direction, right? We're heading in the direction of self-acquired knowledge is going to be as valuable as a college education, right? And and the the thing about a college education is you have a stamp, you have a degree, right? And there are a number of organizations out there that are looking to give that sort of certification to people that complete the courses. And there are people who actually grade exams for these. You
0: mean like the free, the, the, yeah, the, free, the free online,
1: free. you know, courses that you could take. And so, you know, d- despite there being infinite amount of education out there on the internet, there are, um, certifications that you get on the internet as well. And. You know, hopefully, in some time period, they will be as recognized as right. college. Degrees. Like
0: I, I, I work with hiring at my job, and I've never seen someone come with like a course era,
1: right. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Diploma. But but what you say you saying is totally valid. Like I don't know. It's interesting. I I think we are living in one of the greatest revolutions that human beings have ever lived through. Yeah. And we kind of see it, but I guess when you live in any revolution, you don't really see it and i think eventually if there's textbooks or whatever it is in the future that people are reading they're going to read this time as a major shift in in terms of like we we want to talk about ai eventually but like in terms of ai and technology and things like that like
1: absolutely uh,
0: the like exponentially it's not even exponentially because things things are are increasing every uh, every couple of months to, like I'm not articulating myself well yeah. right now, but but we we are rapidly, rapidly, rapidly increasing our capabilities as humans via technology and the the tie-in to to traditional secondary education or post secondary education is that maybe that will be obsolete at some point.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. I mean there are an astounding number of Things we could go into from this point because <laughs> you opened up, <laughs> you opened so up sorry. a lot here.
0: <laughs> Basically, um, we're gonna plug a microchip into the back of your brain, and you're gonna download <laughs> information. And we are gonna be true. these the, the when the singularity is here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, have you watched Black Mirror? All right, so I I watch all the old Black Mirror. I have I, you haven't caught up yet. I, I the new stuff that just came out on Netflix. Yeah. I haven't watched. Oh, you gotta watch don't, that. Don't don't. I
1: won't spoil it. Spoil it for <laughs> my
0: derf. Um, but there's a connection. I mean, so
1: I love Black Mirror. I've always loved Black Black Mirror from the beginning because they they talk about this stuff, right? They talk about the future and what the future looks like. And I think that's you know you and I are sci-fi fans, right? And that's why thank well, you. Yeah. That's why you you enjoy sci-fi, right? It's because what we're going through now, there's so many possibilities and so many ways for it to go, and I, I won't go down the rabbit hole here. But um, do it, <laughs> do it. Uh, I just think that um, yeah. So to, to go back to the show, I think that it, it, it's 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 a really good um, indicator of what could happen, and I think that really shows off in the latest season okay. of the show. Um, so I absolutely think you should, you should watch it. Um, but yeah, no, technology is, it's a game changer and and we're moving at a pace that we've never seen before. And it's going to have mass implications on not only politics, uh, but how we live our daily lives. It's, um, and the economic system that we worked in, you, you can't have, uh, you can't have capitalism. And this is, I'm going deep here, but you get have capitalism well, when, when you're working in AI generated Right, whenever these automated, yeah. Yeah. And, and we have predictions that show that's not, you know, 10 years off, where, you know, a large number of jobs become operated by AI. And so, how do you exist in a society, in a capitalist society, that is mostly being run, or let's say even a quarter being run by AI? Um, If you have 25% of the workforce out, how do you operate a society on that?
0: Right. And one thing, again, we're really jumping around. I'm not apologizing for that. And if you hear dog sounds in the background, that is Luna Tuna. And I'm not going to edit that out because that's where we are. We're in Derek's house, his beautiful home, and his dog is barking. But one thing that we talked about recently was how... So how drastically everything changes once cars are fully automated. Because there goes like the MTA and there goes Uber and there goes delivery people and taxi drivers and like, you know, lower skilled jobs are then gone. And and you're already seeing this in uh, McDonald's where... It's interesting because, and I don't mean to get political. This, this this isn't political. I'm just I'm trying to talk about technology. But when the the minimum ra- wage is rising, which makes sense, but things kind of rise with that, and so uh, they're finding that it's cheaper to have your like in window and things like that fully automated without a person, uh, because then because the minimum wage is rising. Or just wages are rising. And so like when something like that, which is where a lot of people have their first job, a lot of teenagers uh, are able to get employment. And, and where I work, like the teenagers making money really benefits the family. So when those types of jobs go away, w- like you said, in a like, post-capitalism society, I guess it's going to have to be, but like, w- what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, and that, that's a good question, right? It, f- it frees, up, frees up leisure time which if you look back at the major revolutions in history or, or not even the revolutions, but the, you know, the, the, the leaps and bounds that we've moved in, it was due to additional leisure leisure time. Right. So you're talking about a society where people are free to do more independent work, which I think is a good thing, but we need to figure out how that works. Right. You you can't have families that aren't making enough money to survive because um, they're not going to have time to do leisure work, right? They're going to be depending on their survival. But let, let me step back a second because you said, you know, kind of these lower level jobs, but you I think you missed two important things. One of them is um, a, large majority, well, a large portion of our workforce, right, which are um, truck drivers and delivery people. Right. You talk about UPS, USPS, uh, you talk about any global truck driver. Any company has, yeah, Sure. Shipping. Um, th- so that's that's one, right? Budweiser just shipped a crate of beer with a car with a truck that was not driven by a person. All right? They just did Woo! this two <laughs> two weeks ago.
0: That freaks All right? me out.
1: So so that's one thing. The second thing is you let's talk about skilled people working as like EMTs, right? What, you know, you have an emergency at your house, you call, uh, you call 911, you know, five minutes later, the ambulance shows up to your house. They take you, they escort you away to the hospital, right? If you could hop in a car that is automated, that is, can only be used in, let's say a certain lane for when there is an emergency. Um, Program your car with that, saying this is an emergency. You know, my my husband had a – fell down the stairs or had a heart attack or whatever, and they drive you straight to the hospital, right, in a lane that is now, because it is automated, going 120 miles per hour. Um, gets you to the hospital, you know, 100 times faster than the EMT would. You know, these, these are things that people don't really think about that could – have drastic effects on first off survival rates and second off the you know, talking about the workers that are working driving those trucks, the economy. Um I, don't, I just think it's you know, when we get to the phase where the cars are driving themselves, what happens to the police force that are out there monitoring cars that are going too fast.
0: I mean yeah, you're already seeing that with the cameras, right? Cameras are everywhere now. Right. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I guess the only thing that would refute that is like our, our population is so huge that like, oh, there goes pup. What if you? What if you? There's twenty cars trying to jam into that one lane, you know, medical lane or whatever. Yeah,
1: well, that's. A, I mean, that's a. So that's a good point because that's this is going to have to come with an increase in for surveillance, right? And that is you know, we're Americans. We're 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 free, right? We're quote unquote free. And so this sort of state is has to is gonna to have to come with an increase in surveillance, right? Because if somebody presses a button that which is let's say the nine one one button, right, and they drive straight to the hospital, if that person isn't actually going to the hospital, they would need to know that and they would need to correct it. And so you you're talking about an increase in surveillance on people. Um, I think to Kind of fit in line with that i don 't know what, what are your thoughts
0: no, I think you're right i I think i 'm going to reference another podcast i think I think it was Chris Ryan that I heard say something to the effect of like what we 're eventually going to need is a is an ethical human way of reducing our population because so many problems that we have are based upon the fact that we have a massive population, and so w- I think to his point and to my point, that's not talking about like eugenics or something like that, but so many issues go away if we have a smaller population. And I think that it was, I think it's, uh, it's Jock Fresco who talks about how eventually like you'll get to the point where technology is serving you as humans. But in terms of the carrying capacity of the globe and agriculture and pollution and things like that, We're pretty stacked, and that I say that with with the knowledge that in many places in the world, you still need to have a lot of kids, either because the potential for them to survive is pretty low, or the fact that having more kids leads to greater prosperity because eventually they'll become of working age, or even in many places, kids that are not of American standards for working age are working um, and, and providing for the family, but... I don't know. I think that with this increase, like w- we are increasing popu- in population exponentially. Like the predictions for like twenty fifty are, are insane.
1: Yeah, but that's not <clears throat> that's not an American.
0: No, it's not an American problem, right? This is not right. this is a global problem, right? Like, exactly.
1: Um, it's it's odd because I I think if you look at the stats, like people in America are having what two point three kids. Each right, so they're basically replacing themselves and maybe having a, a third more, <laughs> right? Um, it's, it's it is a it is a global problem, but you also look at those countries and you know there are also high death rates in right. those countries. Um, so I don't. I, I think the the overpopulation thing is yes, okay, yeah. You, you know I understand that we're we're growing and the population is is surging. Um, and we need to do something to curb that. But we we can't go back to the days of like China saying you know you you can't have uh, <laughs> no you know.
0: yeah. And I say that fully, like fully knowing that I don't have the solution, and obviously I don't think that's the solution. Um, but saying it to say that with current predictions for where population will be one day, like it's right. going to be more, it's already a problem, and it's going to be even more of a problem. And I, 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 it
1: sounds like you're talking a bit about a bit about uh, a bit about, uh, of vonnegut's. Um, I'll say to be or not to be, even though it's mm-hmm. like to be or and to be whatever it is. Um, you know, where eventually we come to the point where people are living so long that in order to have new people introduced into the population, somebody has to actually exit the population. And I, you know, honestly, I don't think we're that far off from that scenario. Uh, I read something the other day that says, you know, in the next 10 years, medicine is going to advance so far um, that it will basically, it will basically advance as far as we've gone the last hundred years. So in the last hundred years Mm -hmm. of medicine of what we learned in the next 10 years, we will surpass that.
0: That's amazing. It is.
1: It's crazy. And so you're talking about people, the, you know, the aging population who will be able to live longer. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. We all covet life. We all enjoy life. But when you're talking about overpopulation and how much we use, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a case of us being like, okay, we can only have a certain number of population or it's a case of, okay, we have to change our lifestyle. We have to change how we're living and and what we do because right now each of us, are consuming gas on the way to work. Each of us are, you know um I'm gonna uh, off. Here, Everything's but wrapped
0: in styrofoam. Everything's wrapped in plastic. Like Yeah. Yeah exactly.
1: Yeah, but even like, you know, using the bathroom, right? Wasting gallons of water. Right. Water and paper. Or, and yeah. yeah. So like how do we restructure our life to reflect the days, Derek. The answer <laughs>
0: The answer is the days and squatty potties. <laughs> Asia has had it right all this time. Actually, yeah, maybe they do. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I mean, eventually, at some point, we will exhaust the resources, and it's not tomorrow. But yeah, there are finite resources that will eventually be exhausted, and. What do you do at that point?
1: Colony on Mars.
0: Maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: like Matt Damon. <laughs> He's making plans with his poo. <laughs> I don't know. How did we end up here?
1: I don't know. How we <laughs> ended. I, I told you. I warned you we were going down you a You did, uh, but I,
0: I think it happened organically, so I, I did. like it. It's all right. Wow. Is this where we wrap yeah, up? Yeah, I'll let you end it at this. I okay. think we're good. Um. Well, I'll say this, Derek. I love you. You you are one of my best friends. I love doing stuff like this, so I'm gonna connect this back to uh, why I'm doing the podcast, and I'm gonna re-record the intro. So I had an introduction, and I took that off of iTunes because the sound quality was terrible. Because at that point, I didn't I didn't know anything about editing, and. P.S. I have help with my editing. Thank you, Brian Goldsman. But I say that to say that I talked about um, the reason for doing this podcast. And one of my favorite things to do going back a long time now was just uh, I used to hang out with Derek and we would create, we would make a fire in his backyard and we would just sit around the fire. And these are the types of conversations that we would have. And again, I'll have Dan on in a couple of weeks, but Dan was present for a lot of those conversations. And the podcast that I listen to now, that's what it feels like. So some of the feedback that I've received, and I'm going to include this in my uh, reintroduction to everybody, but th- the, the podcast that I like, I feel like I am a fly on the wall for that conversation and they're not polished and they don't edit out the ums and like the bathroom breaks and anything that doesn't you know, sound great for media that it just, it feels organic and it feels like I'm there for their conversation. And so the conversation that Derek and I had today are the types of conversations that we always have. And I love listening to that type of stuff. Uh, so maybe you do too. I don't know. Maybe you don't. And you can, yeah, you can give me some, uh, some feedback. I keep asking for feedback at some point. I should stop asking for feedback. Uh, Cause some of it's been great and some of it's, uh, stuff that i hear but I, I don't agree with um so all that to say that these are the types of things that we always do when we hang out we're older now we're both 30 um derek has a kid slash kids <laughs> there's there's a baby there's a there's a cake in the oven if you know what i'm saying um but when we hang out this is what we do and uh i love derek for that and i love that we get to. To, to have these types of conversations, um, so I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, thank you, Derek. Thank you. It's fun. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Until next time. This has been the Voyages of Tim Vetter and Derek Stevens. <laughs>